Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another week of the United States Sports Show Lacrosse Edition. My name is Joe Marcellina. Joining me again is Derry Field AD and boys lacrosse coach Chris Hetler. Chris, how are you doing this week? Joe, I'm feeling good. It's uh, it's the uh, the last day of my my forty. I turn I turn forty one tomorrow, oh so I'm enjoying oh I'm boy. enjoying the last day last day of my fortieth here. So you know, and uh, what better way to spend it than uh, you know out a beautiful day on the turf today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Enjoyed that because the next two are probably going to be uh, not looking good. Yeah, but we're going to, but we're out there playing, so we're not going to complain uh, yes. about it. So this uh, this season, uh, we will again be posting the podcast at nh-highschoolsports.com on Thursday mornings. Uh, as always, you can send us your questions and feedback by shooting an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com or on Twitter at nhhsports. Uh, so you know, uh, you know, let's just jump right into it here. Um, well, Joe, before before we get okay, going, you go. forgot to mention where should where should the listeners send their requests for for private lessons? Did you get that set up yet? <laughs> I have not gotten that set I set up yet. I had a had a you know was was trying to take care of the things you know that I actually know how to do. Uh, I don't. That think... might be more of a summer. That's a summer project. A summer thing, right, yeah, summer yeah. Project. You know, everybody hold off on those emails until like like mid June, and right. then we'll we'll All figure right. out what we're doing in the summer. Right, right. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, the boy, the boys of spring on the college side are still going at it now. We're we're uh, we're we're winding down the last couple of weeks here. We're heading into conference tournaments. Uh, things are still happening, but uh, a lot of action on the on the D one side here. In fact, I want I want to start with uh, kind of a cool thing that happened this week. I don't know if you saw. Did you did you see uh, Dartmouth finally started to get? A few I did. Yes. There. Yeah. So that that was pretty neat. You know, it's uh, teams coming together to make it happen. They they have it. Uh, they're allowed to play hundred miles as the crow flies in any direction. So, you know, they, they got a game with Tufts this week, uh, you know, and that's, that, that was, that was kind of a, that, that was, that was a, uh, a pretty risky move on their part. You know, they, mm-hmm. they, Tufts is a, Tufts is a really good program. And uh, I think it showed a lot of courage and, um, you know, gumption by, by Dartmouth to get that game set up. And they, they did end up dropping that game 15, nine, but they played really well. They were up in the beginning of the game. And then they turned around a couple of days later and they came down and they played St. A's uh, down here in that, you know, again, a D one program going on the road to play a D two program. Uh, and they ended up turning around and winning that game 20 to six and, and did a nice job. So, you know, a quick shout out to, uh, to coach Ellenwood, who, who was my longtime assistant at Dairyfield, who's now up there as an assistant coach, um, you know, doing a nice job. And I, I mean, they also, they have junior, they have juniors and seen uh, juniors and freshmen on campus right now with a, with a smattering of seniors. So, you know, a, a great showing by them and good to see them get out. And uh, you know, I don't know if we have any college coaches that listen to us, but you know, I, I, I threw it out. I thought it'd be great to see them maybe play a Merrimack a UMass yeah. Lowell uh, you know, uh, maybe a Colby or um, Bates, you know, there's, there's, there's some schools out there that they could maybe Vermont, Right. I mean, there's that St. Mike's there. There's some opportunities still for them to play there. So hopefully they get a couple more games. in. so that was kind of neat to see. I, I feel like it, it. I saw a lot on social media, too, that this kind of has sparked a little bit of a, of a debate on uh, D1 teams playing against D3 teams uh, mm. more, more often, like that that doesn't happen too, too mm. often. And it's something that a lot of people feel maybe maybe should be allowed to happen. I, I think it's a cool thing. I think if, if again, is that if we're if we're talking about things, silver linings out of the pandemic and things that we might want to keep. I think the ability to play some of the, you know, kind of like we were talking about on the high school side, yeah. to play some of these uh, local rivalry games and, and to build those things is kind of neat, you know, and, and to have some of these games like that uh, to showcase some some local kids and local talent, I, I think it's a really good thing. So, you know, hopefully hopefully that can be something that maybe the, uh, the NCAA looks at and, you know, isn't held against. I mean, I think the biggest thing holding teams back from doing that more is sort of the, the power ratings, right. And wanting to try right. and get into the playoffs and different things like that. So, um, so but. is it, is it kind of the same situation? Cause I know on the, on the football side of things, you're only allowed, if you're an FBS team, you're only allowed to play so many games against lower divisions. Um, like only one of them counts. Like if you play two, right. like the second one doesn't count towards your record. And, and, you know, I, I'll be honest with you, Joe, I don't know if that's the case for, mm-hmm. for lacrosse, but, um, you know, that could be, that, 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 that could be it, but, and, and, but maybe, you know, maybe that's, uh, maybe that's something they take a look at in, in future years here to kind of encourage more of that to happen. Um, you know, and they, they do, because I mean, God, you, you play a Tufts, who's arguably one of the best teams in the country in division three and gets a lot of, you know, guys that could play D1. Why should that be held against you? Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. so, um, so it was neat. So, so that I wanted to, wanted to start with that. 
Uh, and then, you know, taking a look at the usual, uh, you know, D1 slate, uh, our friends at Bryant, they picked up a big win over LIU, 20-17. to 17. Uh, Ben Abladian, again, monster year as a freshman. He had four goals on the day. Mason Drone went one and one. Uh, so great game for those guys. Um, Max Horton is, is making his way into the lineup, getting more and more playing time for Hobart. They picked up a 9-8 uh, overtime win over Wagner. Um, Zach Tucci helped uh, North Carolina over the weekend to bounce back. Notre Dame was up early, and then they, they ended up winning 12-10. Uh, Zach went 58% in the faceoff circle, had 14 wins on the day. Uh, UMass, uh, UMass exploded 21 goals over, over Fairfield, wow. 21-14. Uh, Dylan Arant got in again, another good year for him. He went one and two on the day. Uh, our friend Cole Brahms out at Utah, uh, huge factor in their 11-9 win over Cleveland State, 64% in the, in the draw with, with again, 14 wins matching Zach. Um, our good buddy, Tim Hendricks down in Providence, they had a tough day there. They played a very talented Georgetown team, lost 14 to five, but Timmy went one and one. And then a name we, we haven't talked about much this year, but, uh, Mike Penna out at, uh, okay, out yeah. at Canisius, yeah. they had a one goal. Uh, Mikey, Mikey had a goal and, and was one of the guys that, uh, helped them to win eight, seven over, over Monmouth. So good to see Mikey making the, uh, the box score there yeah. for the first time in a while. Um, I saw it going back to a couple of those guys, um, Heinrichs from from Providence. Uh, there was a nice write up on him in the Union Leader this past weekend. Uh, if anyone wants to go check that out, talking about how the work that he's done off the field too, um, going down to um, I believe Children's Hospitals down there in, in Providence and and helping out some kids and and trying to you know doing some uh, giving back I guess to the community down there. So that was a pretty good read. And then uh, yeah, Mr. Ben Abladian there at Bryant. Uh, I feel like. Every week we've got something great to talk about with these guys. Um, he picked up uh, NEC Rookie of the Week honors today, as well. Uh, four goal, four goals, a yeah. four goal, a four goal game and a three goal win over LIU. He should be Rookie of the Week. That's <laughs> that's fantastic from Ben. Yeah. I mean, he's he's got to be. I mean, I, I would think he's in the conversation for for National Rookie of the Year. I mean, he's yeah. his numbers consistently each week have been up there. So you know he may not win but i got to think he's at least going to get an invite to the table or get on the ballot i would think i think that's um, that's two um two freshmen him and him and henry vote at merrimack yeah. have both been uh rookies of the week this year so yeah, very these, cool uh, these freshmen are pretty good i mean you know what you know what i'm going to say this and this is going to you know i am going to f- feel bad about saying this uh but it kind of makes doesn't make you a little sad about what we missed out on last year with these guys as seniors it's uh I, I, yeah, it, it's a kind of, it, it makes, even it's, more of a it makes you feel really, it makes yeah. you feel really sad. You yeah. know, it, it, there could, there was, there was arguably some really good lacrosse to be played last spring, but I'm glad to see these guys out playing now and, uh, and finding the success that they are. Yeah. So now that, it, now that I just brought down the mood in the room, I'll, I'll, uh, we'll, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll bring it back up. I'll give, yeah. you, I'll give you two more names. I'll give All you right. two more names. Uh, so, so Bates played, you know, speaking of Tufts again, uh, Tufts had, you know, they, they are a machine and, and they did, they beat up on Bates pretty good. But uh, my good buddy, Alex Neville, he, he actually got Bates up one, nothing, had a goal. And then Oliver Allen, who was a standout for Portsmouth, he had an assist in that game. So some bright spots for Bates there. And then uh, two bright spots locally, uh, division two, uh, the, the NE 10 playoffs are taking place right now. Uh, coach Senator, um, Bedford resident and, and longtime coach here with the Tomahawks, uh, head coach of Franklin Pierce. They picked up a 13-8 win over St. Rose to advance today. They're going to play Lemoyne in the next round. And Owen McCormick had a had a big game for them, went one and one. And then uh, Coach Calkins and and the, the Penman over there, they they won 19 to nine over AIC, and I believe they are going to play Adelphi in the next round. Uh, a bunch of names that we remember here. David Wiedenfeld had nine points on the day. Chris Valentine had seven. Stephen DuBois from Goffstown had three. Uh, Gianna Mara, again, from Pinkerton had a, had a goal. And then Cody Fleming from Timberlane had a goal as well. Uh, so a bunch of guys, a bunch of local guys hitting, hitting the box scores there for us. So yeah, that's the, uh, that's uh, a who's who of, of, uh, yeah, big time, right? All state list there. Yeah. Um, wow. Well, um, any uh, before we move on to the the women's side, uh, anybody else on the the boys or the men's side uh, stand out? That's this what week? I that's, that's what, what I got, got this week. Yeah. I know there were some guys. Um, you know the the Russ brothers uh, from Wyndham have been doing really well um, on the D three side, and I know there's other. You know there there's we have so many. We've been, we've been blessed over the last couple of years. We've had so many guys. You know continue to go on and play in college. We could we could probably go an hour here going through every <laughs> box score and there. 
Um, so again, you know, uh, you know, you throw it out every week. If there are people that, you know, you want us to highlight, please, please send us those things. We're happy, happy to get them some press on the air there. So yeah. if Call. we're, if we're missing guys and people have had a great spring, please send them our way. We want to, we want to highlight those kids. College and high school. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so I want to, I want to mention two, um, two women's games actually that took place on Wednesday. Um, and I think we might've talked about a couple of these teams last week, but I want to bring them up again. Cause, um, on the one side, you know, we, we talked about the, the Bryant men a lot. Um, Bryant women, uh, their season got off to a little slower start, I think, because they had a bunch of games postponed earlier in the year. They picked up a, uh, an upset victory uh, today or on Wednesday over LIU, uh, 12-11. Uh, and a couple of locals in that one, uh, Chamberlain Bell from Bedford, she had a pair of assists, and uh, Lily Osier from Pinkerton. Uh, also picking up an assist in that one, so that was a that's a pretty big win. I think they've won now won uh, four in a row, five of la their last six. So they're really turning it on late here, despite uh, despite having a a tough start to the season without with uh, not being able to play. And uh, a team I know we've mentioned a couple times just because of the number of uh, locals they've got uh, leading the way in terms of scoring. Uh, Merrimack women, uh, they picked up a a 15-3 win over Central Connecticut today, uh, Wednesday. Uh, Megan Dizallo, who you know we mentioned last week, had what uh, forty plus goals, almost almost fifty goals, I think, in uh, or forty goals in eleven games or something like that. She had two today. Uh, Haley Bartlett had a goal and an assist, and uh, Taylor Darrell two goals and an assist. And then on the other side, uh, someone we I don't think we've mentioned too much this year for uh, Central Connecticut, Caitlin Parker, who played at uh, Manchester Central, is a freshman for for Central Connecticut. She got a goal, one of the three goals for them today. So good to see her uh, getting some playing time as a freshman at the end of the year and, and uh, being able to score. So uh, a couple locals doing some things uh, on the on the women's side as well. Nice. And, and you were you know yeah you're talking about playoffs and stuff. And I did see today that the the ACC started the women's quarterfinals today, uh, which I can't you know I can't believe that it's already that late into the year. It's it's crazy to think it's going to be June before we know it. So we got to enjoy it. we got to enjoy all the lacrosse while we got it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Good to, good to see that, you know, college, you know, people were really worried at the beginning, you know, would we be able to pull this off? You know, it's not college football. It's not basketball. We don't have the money behind it to, to, to do all the COVID testing and do the things we needed. And, and it's good to see that for the most part, we have gotten a lot of games. And I don't know the percentage of the number of games that have been played, but it, it's, I think it's been a lot higher than people, people thought it would be, especially on the D2 and D3 side, where again, the money's even tighter, you know, right. and yeah. these schools, these schools don't have the ability, you know, it's, it's on the coaches and the kids to put in the effort to make it happen and to make it want to happen. I, early in the season, I remember talking to coach Senator a lot about, you know, is this, is this realistic? Like, do you really think that we can pull this off? And, uh, you know, to his credit and to the kids credit, they, they did it and they did a really good job with it. So, um, you know, kudos to all of them. Well, I think, uh, you know, we, we can, uh, move on to the, uh, the high school scene and, uh, probably the moment that I, I know, Everybody has been waiting for, so they can uh, maybe rip on me for my uh, my choices here for the top ten. Uh, always <laughs> a always a fun time, I imagine. Uh, so we are into uh, what I believe the fourth or third week of the poll here, um, and uh, you know, not I mean the the top the top three teams seem to be the top three teams. I don't. There's not going to be much movement probably. Uh, at least uh, you know. Although next week, uh, BG has a couple games with Exeter next week, so you know I, that could change some things if depending on how those games go. But uh, right now, the top three still uh, Bishop Girton, Exeter, and Pinkerton, uh, and all three of those were unanimous selections. Everybody had BG one, Exeter three, Pinkerton, or excuse me, Exeter two, Pinkerton three. Then you got, and I would agree with that. I think, yeah. I think yeah. you know we want to see we want to see Pinkerton play, we want to see Pinkerton play Bedford and Londonderry and some of those teams. But I, I think right now, based on the, the scores they've put up and obviously the respect they've earned over the years, um, you know they they definitely belong in that right. in that oh, spot right course. now. Um, well, then you got uh, your Dairy Field Cougars in there at, at, at number four, uh, Londonderry coming in at number five. Bedford making a jump. Uh, they were, I want to say, 10th in the opening poll, moved up to 7th last week, and uh, they came in at 6th this week. Nashua South at 7th, uh, Winnicott at 8th, Portsmouth 9, and then Sauhegan rounding out the top 10. Uh, and then in the also receiving votes, you got Hollis, Brookline, Goffstown, Timberlane, Concord, Wyndham, and Trinity. 
All right, you ready? You ready for are you, any any thoughts on that before we move on to yeah, my, my I mean, poll there? I mean, I think you're going to see. I, th- I think you're going to see. Uh, I think you're going to see Hollis start to make start to make a jump. I mean, their their offense looks like it's in 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 full gear. Um, you know, no, are they playing the strongest schedule? Uh, they're not. However, I mean, I think I think they're they're winning the games they need to be winning, and they're doing it in the way that they should. Um, but the the other team I really want to talk about is Bedford. I mean, I, I think Absolutely. you know coming into the season. I think I don't think anyone expected them not to be good, but at the way, but how well they're playing right now, I think has been really, really impressive. Um, you know, I think, um, you know, I, I can personally, I can't wait to see them play Londonderry this weekend. I think that's going to be a true test of, of kind of where that next tier of teams is. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got guys like Magnus Steele, Will Kramer, uh, Evan Schmidt playing really well on the offensive side. You've got Will Enters playing really well on the defensive side, and I, I just think um, Bedford might be that might be that next team. They might be that. You know, I, I really appreciate the respect that's being given to my kids, but um, you know, I have I have a lot of respect for what Bedford's doing right now, and and they might be that fourth team right now. Or heck, you know, let's uh, you know maybe later in the season they play Pinkerton again, and maybe that gap closes. You know, at that point. Yeah. You know, so. Um, I don't know. What do you, what, what have you, you, so, you've gotten to see them play a couple times, right? <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to say this and then I'm going to read off my poll and people are going to go, what, what is he <laughs> talking about? So I, I have, I've seen Bedford, uh, three times so far this year. Uh, that first game against that game against Pinkerton, uh, on the first Saturday of the year. Um, you know, they, they competed, they were in that game. Um, it got away from them in the middle quarters there and they were able to make a little run in the, in the fourth to get it closer. But, um, you know, I came out of that thinking, I'm like, okay, well, you know, they're, they're competitive. Uh, then I saw them last Saturday against Wyndham. Um, and they, you know, it was a, they started out the game really well, got up three, nothing. Wyndham came right back and t- made it three, three going into the second quarter. And then Bedford just exploded. Uh, it was 12, four at halftime. Um, I want to say they, I, I'm trying to remember, um, they, I think they went on like a six Oh run to open the second quarter. And it was just, you know, they were doing whatever they wanted to do uh, in that game. So came away from that one and think, okay, that, you know, a little more impressed. Um, they looked a lot better from the week before. And then Tuesday, uh, went to see them over at Sauhegan. And I am I am a believer in Bedford now. They played a sound game from one end of the field to the other. Uh, Matt Desmond, their goalie, had a, a tremendous game against Sauhegan. Uh, really kept them in it early. It was a it was a low scoring game in the first quarter for most of the first quarter, um, you know, because both goalies, him and and Sauhegan's, um, uh, Nate Fritz, uh, both ha- uh, played tremendous in that opening quarter. Uh, Desmond, yeah. I think, had had nine saves. I think Fritz finished finished with thirteen. Um, you know, I mean, Robert- Nate, Nate's oh. a good Nate's a good goaltender. He's played you know he's played a high level club. He he's been around for a long time. He's done he's done goalie clinics like. You know, it's uh, it's you know, being he lost last. It would have been his. It would have been his goal last year. He lost last year, and and then um, you know, and then to have to jump, and then to have to jump in this year, um, you know, it just takes a little while to get going. So it doesn't surprise me that he, he's starting to play really well. Yeah. Um, the other guy from Bedford that that I thought stood out, uh, Owen Roberto on faceoffs. Um, he was winning, um, quite a few of them. You know, to help Bedford get that lead. Um, you know, and then the guys that you mentioned, um, I mean, they, they have, you know, they have the depth on offense. Um, it seems like yeah. you know, that they, they've, you know, every game that I've been at, they've had a couple different guys scoring goals. It's not ever really one guy putting up, you know, six or seven, um, you know, so it's, it's been spread around and, um, you know, the, those guys, maybe they're not maybe as, as, you know, high level skilled as like a BG or Exeter, but you know, if you can't key on any one guy, so I'm, 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 uh, I'm, yeah, I'm also interested to see how That's they do I mean. on Saturday think, against London. I think it's hard. I think it's hard to argue that they're the way they're playing right now. And again, they've got it. They've got to show it against London this weekend, but I think it's, I think you can make a strong argument that they are definitely a top five team in, in the state right now, the way they're playing. So, you know, um, yeah, I mean, I'm 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 definitely impressed, and I'm a I'm a believer right now, and uh, you know that's why I'm really excited to see that kind of see them match up against against Londonderry and kind of okay. go from there. So with that said, here's the disclaimer: uh, I did my poll Sunday afternoon, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I did, as I said, I had I had the you know I was part of the the consensus there in the top three, so I had BG Exeter Pinkerton as my top three, Dairyfield four. 
I had Nashua South uh, at five, and then Londonderry at six. I, you know, South didn't play a game last week. I didn't want to punish them for not playing, um, if that makes sense. I don't know if it does. Uh, and Londonderry, of course, had that tough loss against Exeter last Saturday. Uh, seven, I have Winnicunit, Portsmouth at eight, Bedford at nine, and then Sauhegan ten. Uh, but if, I mean, this is my poll as of Sunday, so I'm I'm imagining I'm going to shake some things up there. Uh, already, to, you know, looking at what's uh, what's gone on this week. I mean, you mentioned Hollis Brookline playing well. Uh, I believe they're off all week this week. Um, you know, I've had Trinity in there a little bit, and of course they uh, they had their that loss the other day against Campbell, which we'll, we'll I talk mean, it about. Looks like, a it bit. looks like Campbell. It looks like Campbell might be the team right. to beat in Division Three now. I yeah. Coach Josh Knight doing a nice job. I mean, I don't know if our listeners know Coach Coach Knight played at played at Syracuse. He was a, he's a D midi at Syracuse, and um, you know has done it. Is a really knowledgeable guy, and has done a good job with that program. And they they've got a lot of guys that are you know it's 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 not the old Campbell team. They've got they've got kids that are playing more year round now, um, and, and and got some really they're they're I believe they're more of a junior heavy team too. So. It's a team that's got some staying power that I think, um, you know, it's not, it's not a complete, I, I say that, and I don't have the roster in front of me, but I think when you and I looked at their roster in the beginning of the year, it, it, it had a younger, you know, field. It wasn't like all these kids are going to graduate right. this year. Yeah. Did I just say that? <laughs> I think I'm correct, right, Joe? I, I'm, I'm, it sounds right. Um, I also don't have it right in front of me either. Um, I can take a look uh, if this cooperates. Um, but you know, while, while I'm looking for that, um, the w- one thing I, I wanted to touch on, I don't know, maybe, maybe this can be a new segment for us on the show. Um, you know, cause, cause this has definitely what, wild, been wild, spe- wild speculation by coach. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, we can do that too. Um, but by, I was going to bring up, uh, a, uh, we could do a weekly thing where it's, um, how, you know, you're covering high school sports or, or things uh. that you only see when covering high school sports. And, you know, the, the last couple of weeks have certainly been, you know, I, I know I did, I know I covered stuff, um, you know, throughout the, the fall and the winter, but, you know, just with, with protocols and, and everything being the way it was, it wasn't as involved as I feel like I've been so far this year, this spring. So I'm, I'm reminded by more, there's more opportunities for me to be reminded, um, you know, of the differences with, with, uh, high school sports, like, um, one game earlier this year I, I went to was delayed a half an hour because the visiting team's bus didn't show up on time. Um, that's a high school thing. That doesn't you know happen anywhere else. Uh, so uh, I bring this up now because Monday you had uh, Portsmouth playing at Timberlane. It's vacation week. They were playing at 10 a.m. Um, if you don't know, Plastow is not an easy place to get to from Nashua. Uh I made a last-minute decision to uh, to do the uh, you know go south into Mass, get on on 495 and loop around uh, to try to you know give myself a better opportunity to make it. I was scheduled to get there according to my GPS right as the game was going to start, so I'm figuring I'm going to you know hit the ground running and get over to the field as fast as I can. I get over there and it's like five after ten and the game hasn't started yet. I'm like, oh, what is going on? I get down onto the field and I you know I ask the trainer, I was like. What's happening? He's like, oh, there was a pile of goose poop on the face-off X that we had to clear off there before we actually got started. So, Joel, I wasn't sure where you were going, with the story, <laughs> but I remember when you texted me that earlier this week. That is that is definitely something that, uh, unless you're covering maybe maybe uh, Salisbury on the D3 side and, and, and college lacrosse, that, uh-huh. that's not something that I would expect to uh, to see in high school. So, yeah, so, I, I, I actually forgot. I meant to tweet that out, that the game had been delayed 10 minutes to clear the goose poop off the field uh, at the face-off. That's pretty X. good. Yeah. That's so, yeah, good. That, that's that is, uh, that's our this week in uh, something you only see in high school sports. Uh, to get to answer your previous question, uh, it does look like the, uh, the Campbell Cougars are a little more – they have some seniors, um, but a little more junior-sophomore heavy than uh, – yeah, I remember. So I, I believe I'm, I believe I'm correct. Jack Norrie's a junior, yep. Brendan yep. Boshi, yep. um, you know, a couple of those guys. So they've, they've got a nice core that, that's going to be around for at least this year and next year. And, you know, it, it looks like they're going to make a run at this thing. Yeah. So. And they've got uh, that. So that, and then of course that game flips, they played Tuesday uh, and they'll flip to, uh, I believe that game got pushed back to Friday um, later this week. I believe that's at Campbell. 
Um, which is which is good because I mean, especially not having not having turf. Uh, it looks like tomorrow is going to be going to be uh, you know if, if if that's going to be one of the the premier games in Division Three, you want that to be at least on a good weather day. So Friday is looking like the better of the two weather days there. Yeah. So not not good. too much better, but better. <laughs> better. Uh, <laughs> we'll take it. We'll take it. So so I did want to talk about you know that that. Uh, the Portsmouth Timberlane games, they, of course, played uh, Monday. Portsmouth won that one 9-3. They played again on Wednesday. Portsmouth won a tight one 4-2. Um, and, and it seems like, you know, Portsmouth is, what, f- I think 5-0 and at this point or 6-0? and um, they, they have not lost. Have not lost. I believe they're 6-0. and Timberlane, um, I believe they're 2-4 and at this point. But, you know, outside of but that. Again, deceptive. I'm deceptive 2-4. Yeah, they've got two, two overtime really losses. Tough. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, so and and I, I feel like this is this is what a lot of D two is right now, um, at least among the teams that we thought were going to be the competitive. You know, you look at you look at Wyndham, um, and Wyndham is sitting there at zero and five, and that's maybe the most deceiving zero and five team I think you know I- I- ever. Um, you know, the defense year. defense is rule defense is ruling the day right now. Yeah. You know, I think I think we we talked about depth being down a little bit. I think offensive talent. You know, I think back two, three, four years ago, if you didn't, if you didn't run, you know, 10 guys, if you had holes on your team, you were going to get exposed and, and you were not winning. Now it's, it feels like, you know, if you've got, if you've got three or four guys that are pretty good core, you're in the mix and you got a shot at this thing. And, you know, I, I look around and I don't think there's any perfect, from what I've seen so far, I don't, I don't see any perfect team out there. I see a lot of good teams and I see a lot of teams that, you know, if they peak in June, they're going to win the whole thing. Yeah. But it's, uh, you know, there, there's nobody that's perfect right now. You know, I think I think looking at and at least staying in D2, you know, I continue to say I think Winnicunit has, a, you know, the most coming back from that team that played us in, in 2019. Um, but, you know, they're they're hanging around, you know, teams are the teams are hanging around with them. Pat's doing it. You know, Pat Snow's doing a nice job. They had a big win 12-2 over Dover today. But um you know, again, nobody, nobody's putting up scores that you're like, whoa, yeah. how are we going to stop these guys? Right. You know, I think it's, it's fun. Like each, it's going to be a battle each week in, in division two. So it's, yeah, uh, it's, it's already, and it, it makes it, you know, for, from my perspective as someone, you know, who just wants to, who wants to see, you know, competitive games, um, it, it makes it kind of easier to pick games to go to at least. Cause you know, then I, I can say, okay, well, I, I think this is going to be a pretty good one and, and chances are it is, um, you know, have it, how, I about, was... how about some other? How about some other surprises? You got yeah. uh, you you got Pembroke right now with uh, with with two wins over Hopkinton, two wins in a row over Hopkinton. They beat Bo the week before. They're not putting up huge offensive numbers, but they're they're winning squeakers like that. They're winning five four games. Um, you know, Coach o, Coach O'Brien, we we had mentioned it the week before, back on the back on the sidelines helping out there. His son Gavin. Uh, you know, they beat Hopkinson today five four. Gavin gets Gavin gets a hat trick and, and assist in the game, and, and uh, you know that's I, I mean Pembroke they they traditionally they they battled for one or two wins a year, right? I mean right. they're on pace right now for possibly their their best best season ever. Yeah, so, I great, don't great I, to see them. They're either what three and zero or three and one. I, there's one one score that hasn't been put in here but, uh, yeah. i believe i believe they dropped they dropped one they dropped one to bow they're okay, three, so and three and one, one right now. Yeah. uh i don't believe they replaced the john stark games with, with john stark not having a program so uh they'll have merrimack valley coming up who's off to a little bit of a slow start um and actually now that i'm looking there looking at the record or looking at the schedule there it leads into the next nice surprise that we've had on the d2 side is, is cole brown yeah um yeah. cole brown has, has had a, a you know coach de palma up there is doing a really good job with those guys they picked up two program wins over Merrimack Valley. I mean, Cole Brown's never beaten Merrimack Valley before, put up 11 and 14 points in those games. And then they turn around and explode for 18 against Bo. Um, and they got a rematch with Bo at the end of the week on Friday. So, you know, congratulations again to Coach DePalma and the, and the Cole Brown Bears up there for their nice start. And, you know, not to get too too uh, ahead of ourselves, uh, you, you mentioned Pembroke playing them. And, and Pembroke's given up, what, um, five, four goals? in their games and then you got uh cole brown like you said putting up 11 14 18 uh yeah. so yeah that's that could be an interesting matchup there too you know what which uh which side of the field or which does cole brown's offense or does pembroke's defense uh win the day 
So, uh, you know, and that's, you know, looking, looking across the D2 landscape here, you know, um, I think, you know, we, we talked about Fort Smith, you know, grinding out, playing really good defense, really good team ball. You know, they, they seem like right now they're, they're playing as well as anybody there. Um, we mentioned, we mentioned Winnicunit. Um, you know, um, we had some good games with Goffstown last yeah. week. Goffstown has turned around. They had a nice win over St. Thomas, big win over St. Thomas, 18-10. And then they turn around today, and uh, they were down early against Keene, and then and then battle back for a, a 12-7 win there. So they're off to a four and two start. So a nice a nice start to Coach Lawson's return to uh, it, to return to coaching there, in uh, in Gosnell. Yeah, it's it's um, like I said, the things that makes this fun is just how how competitive um, you know some of these games are, and uh, you know I guess that kind of um, you know. Like I said, a couple games on the schedule for next week uh, between Exeter and BG. That um, you know, I, I think, can't wait. I think yeah. uh, well, first, for, even before that, uh, of course, BG plays uh, their second of two with Nashua South Thursday afternoon, and then they uh, they get to go uh, outside of the state on Saturday, um, heading up to Cape Elizabeth to play them uh, Saturday afternoon. I'm um, wondering if I can. I'm fully vaccinated. I'm wondering if I can get up there in time. <laughs> they play at one. They play at one o'clock. We're, we've got a we've got a night game with Merrimack at six. Like I, it's cutting it close, but I might be I might be able to get up there and get some of that. So uh, you know that that that's gonna be that's gonna be a fun game. I've, I've coached some of the, the Tomahawk boys that play for Cape Elizabeth. Um, you know I, I I think I think Bishop Girton wins that game, and I think they, they they'll win it fairly easy in the end. But I, I think it's gonna be a good game that'll push them and yeah. get them ready for it. Yeah. I think it's the best thing that that BG could do is you know, get a game like that before they, before they play Exeter two days later. Yeah. An interesting one, uh, setup too, because they play exit at Exeter Monday afternoon at four and then they turn around and they don't play till Friday, uh, in Nashua at three. So it's, that's, you know, a nice, a nice couple of days off there to kind of, uh, lick your wounds and, and prepare. And, you know, yeah. I, I'm, I'm really the, the matchup I want to see, I mean, Exeter is putting up a ton of goals. Uh, we know BG can put up goals, um, but their defense really has been, I think, what's kind of um, led the way there for them. I mean, they've yes, they can score, but I think it's the the defensive side is where their experience is and where their strength is right now. And what and is Exeter? With, yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if you look at Bishop Girton's, if you look at their their box scores. You know that those eleven goals they gave up against Londonderry, the sixth, the second time, the eight against Pinkerton. They're, it's it's a little deceiving because if if Coach Cameron wants to play his top guys the whole time, I'm going to argue that that you know they're they're a team that's not giving up. Yeah. If they give up five goals in a game, that's a yeah. lot for that group. You know, so I think you know if you look at if you look at some of those groups, we're saying, well, you know, they gave up eleven against Londonderry. That, that game was – those games – the real test is look at the halftime box score, right? Yeah. See what the score was at halftime. And that, that gives you a good indication of what those games were. And it's, it's taking nothing away from the fight that Londonderry and Pinkerton both showed after halftime. I mean, you've got to, you've got to keep playing. And, they, and to their credit, they did. But, you know, in, in respect, they, they, I think if Coach Cameron wants to play his top guys throughout the whole time, it's, it, would be, it would be even more impressive to score 11 yeah. goals against them at that point. Um, you, you know what I found I, I, from watching them a couple of times, um, the, the interesting thing I found ab about these, uh, about, of course, we're talking, you know, BG's defense led by um, Aiden Ahern, John Sullivan, Matt Cranny. Um, all three of those guys, they if they, they get the ball and, and are able to just, you know, run it across uh, midfield, you know, a lot of times you'll see guys jump into the offense or, or you know, take a shot or something. And these guys all get over over um, midfield and then they look to pass the ball and um, even at times you, you can hear coach Cameron yelling to, to keep going keep going and they they um, you know they're they're giving up the ball and then getting back and on it, defense and it's not because and it's not because they can't I've watched yeah. these guys play indoor I've coached them on Tomahawks they all have this mixed skill to do it I think they just trust their offense and yeah. know that they have such a potent offense that like we don't need to do that you know like just get the ball to the guy get the ball to the playmakers and let them do their job. Right. And so, you know, I think it's uh, it's smart on their part. I mean, they they don't need to take chances right now when they they, they will when they need to. I think I think the D guy, those D guys will they, they know they can push it in transition when they need to. Right now, they're getting it down and letting their playmakers do their job. So, yeah, we got a couple of uh, 
I, I don't know. I, I'm gonna can I, can I put you on the spot here? Let's let's uh, let's put you on Uh-oh. the spot. Do you do you think? I mean, can can Exeter win either of those games next week? Can they win? Uh, I do think they can win. Do they do? What, if I'm Exeter and Jerry Holly, do I want to win right now? Um, <laughs> no, I, I and I and I say that. No, I, I yeah. I yeah. mean, you, you of course you take any win against Bishop Curtin whenever you can get it, but. You know, it, it's kind of like we've always talked about how much of a hand do you really want to show now, anticipating that, you know, if things fall right and, and you play your best in the playoffs, you may end up playing BG in the championship. Do you really do you want that win now and letting BG know that, oh, shoot, we are a team that you need to fear? Or do you kind of do you kind of play well enough to give yourself some confidence to get, you know, it's hard. You, you obviously you're going to play the game to win. Um, but if, I, if I'm Coach Holly, I'm hoping that my guys can hang with these guys. We get enough confidence, and then we get them when it counts. Yeah, you know. But um, you know, can, okay. So how do you how do you win against Bishop Girton? Well, you got to somehow neutralize the faceoff circle, and you know, with with JJ facing off as well as he is, I, you know, do you do you even bother putting putting Spencer in the faceoff circle? He's a good faceoff guy, but is he going to beat JJ consistently enough to get enough possessions? I'm not sure that he is. So you know, how do you how do you how do you use that? Um, do you, do you tire him out or do you I would, I would maybe give him some reps, see, see how he does match up against JJ, and if he can beat him, well, then maybe you keep going to him, and, and, and then you know for the playoffs if, if he can or not. Um, you know, other things, I think they've got to be, they've, you've got to take, you got to take the chances when you, when you can get them. But if, if I'm, if I'm Exeter, I've got to, I've got to try and control the clock a little bit, right? I, yeah. I, as good as they are, I don't think you can get into a track meet with Bishop Girton because they can just play way more guys. So you got to be methodical on offense. You know Bishop Girton's going to push out and press against you and, and try and dictate the tempo. So you're going to have to handle the ball well under pressure. Um, they're not Bishop Girton's not going to sit back and just let you take two three minutes off the clock. Um, so so offensively they're going to have to have guys that you know can they go beyond the first midfield line and and have guys that are going to be able to perform there. That's going to be a key test for them. And then um, you know defensively. I think you've got to throw multiple looks at Bishop Burton. If you just try and play them man to man the whole time, they're gonna they're gonna beat you. They're gonna get their goal. So I think you got to throw in some zone, some different zone. I think you got to throw in some man to man looks. Um, all things that that Coach Holly and Exeter are capable of doing, but will they show those things the first the first time they play them? Um, I don't think they will. So right. I, I think I, I think you'll see I think you'll see a hard competitive game that in the end that I, I think Bishop Girton will start to pull away in the second half. That That's my expectation of, of the game. But uh, I, I can't wait to see it. I mean, Aiden Drunzik, Connor Holly, uh, Spencer, you know, these guys, they, they can, they can put points up on the board. So it'll be, it'll be fun to watch. Yeah. I'm, I'm uh, anxious for that. Uh, yeah. The game that's in Nashua. I fully plan to be at that one. Um, for, that's for sure. And a three o'clock start too, which means you know you can get out a little bit earlier. Maybe go, maybe go see <laughs> someone else. <laughs> there you go. Um, any other, any other thoughts on any, um, any other uh, boys matchups from this past week, or ones that are coming up, or um, anything else that, that, any other thoughts you've got before we move on to the girls' side of things? Um, I think, I think we covered most of it. I mean, I think you know on the division three side, you know, for boys. Um, there, there, it's been hard to get, there haven't been a ton of scores posted and, and kind of seeing things shake out. Things started a little bit later up North. Um, you know, I'm, I'm still looking to see, you know, Kearsarge, Laconia, uh, Guilford, you know, some of these teams that we had identified earlier. I think, um, um keep... I was going to say, I think some of them have had some, maybe some, uh, COVID related issues too, whether it be mm-hmm. like close contacts or, or something of the like. So some of the, yep. yeah, so definitely a lot of games that have been canceled, uh, you know, on the D3 side. Yep. And, uh, you know, I'm looking, I'm keeping an eye on, on the Nadnock. I mean, I really, I'm really impressed with, you know, they, they've got lower numbers there this year, but they're making it happen and keeping a, keeping a varsity team going throughout this year. So hoping for the best for them. Um, but yeah, I mean, so far it looks like, you know, Campbell, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens in the, in the rematch with Trinity on, on Friday, but so far it looks like Campbell might be the team to beat in, in division three. That's, that's kind of, that's an, I, that to me is exciting, you know, having a team that, um, you know, doesn't a new, a fairly new program. Not so long ago, right? Um, yeah. New team, not so long yeah. ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, actually, and you know, since we, since we're talking about new teams, you know, I'd give a, give a shout out to, to coach Rover, Howie Rover, 
uh, coaching up in Hillsboro Deering. Um, you know, again, growing the game, you know, his big thing, growing the game, right? And, uh, right. you know, they're, they're struggling right now, but they've, they've scored they've scored in each one of their games. They've got a smaller roster, um, but, you know, it takes time. And, and Coach Rover's been a part of this before. He knows how to build programs. He did a nice job at John Stark before this. And uh, no doubt, if the kids buy in up there and, and uh, they allow Coach to do his thing, you know, that program will start to grow as well. So we need we need we need to continue to see the, the lacrosse grow across the state. So it's great that to see Hillsborough Deering out this spring playing. Yeah. Um. So the I wanted to lead off our, our uh, conversation on the on the girls lacrosse with uh, what what I'm going to call the game of the year so far uh, from last Saturday. Uh, All right. We, we talked it up a little a, a little bit last week. Uh, Portsmouth Sauhegan. Um, you know, not just because it was the meeting of, uh, of two really, you know, great programs, uh, on the girls family side, feud. family feud, you had, uh, Portsmouth, uh, Portsmouth jo- Jojo Kiro, uh, who's, uh, who was hired to coach last year, obviously didn't get to, um, and is, you know, in her first year actually on the sidelines. And then on the other side at Sauhegan, uh, her older sister, uh, McKinley, uh, Sorbordone, who, um, was hired this year to replace uh, Marin Petropolis, who, oh, by the way, coached both of them when they played at Sauhegan uh, in the uh, mid to late 2000s, um, you know, and, and stepping in and, and replacing a, a head coach who'd been there for, uh, t- you know, at least 25 years, won multiple championships. So, uh, and then on the other side, you have, you know, JoJo stepping in and replacing Mary Squire, who had won, what, the last three Division Two titles uh, with Portsmouth. So, uh, both with uh, with pretty big shoes to fill, and uh, you know the way the game started, it reminded me an awful lot of uh, Portsmouth game the week before against Pinkerton. Um, you know they got out. Portsmouth got out to a lead, both games. Other team came back, took the lead, dominated on draw controls. Uh, looked like they were going to run away with things in the first half, and uh, instead this the this time though, uh, I think it's six to three Sauhegan late in the first half. Um, you know, they lose the ball. I don't remember if it was a turnover or, or a, you know, missed shot or something. Portsmouth gets the ball back, scores in the last minute to make it 6-4 going into halftime. Uh, and then they come out and open the second half with another goal. So now it's 6-5. Momentum's completely swung. And they're just – the rest of that second half was just a battle back and forth, you know, trading goals. Portsmouth would come back and tie it. Sauhegan would go back out in front. Portsmouth, I think they came back and tied it three times, including at the end, um, you know, it was 10-10 going into overtime. And, um, you know, it looked like Sauhegan was going to have a chance to win in regulation. And um, instead they turned the ball over and Portsmouth had a last second chance that, um, I mean, it wasn't a a great shot, but it was an opportunity from uh, um, in closer than you'd think. Uh, but what was kind of interesting, though, was was really late in regulation. Portsmouth got a yellow card, meaning that they were going to be down a player going into overtime. Uh, however, they ended up winning the draw, holding the ball the entire time, and then scoring in the last minute to to win the game. Uh, so you know, a, a fun situation there with with you know the the Kiro sist- sisters coaching against each other for the first time, and then just what was a a, a fantastic game there. It's, I mean, that's, it, it went back and forth. I was following your, I was following your feed on, on Twitter and uh, it, it just seemed like a, a great game back and forth the whole time. And so, you know, as it should be, I mean, two of the, two of the better team, two of the better teams, one in division one, one in division two going squaring off against each other. Um, you know, just, that I, I, I'd love to see that more, you know, yeah. I, I'd love to see more of those teams get to play each other like that. And, you know, I was really, I was really impressed with, um, Portsmouth's kind of patience in that that overtime too. I mean, because they, like I said, they they had to kill off. I think a minute sixteen at least of that penalty, um, you know, and they just kept moving the ball around and moving the ball. And then once they, you know, they got to full strength, they just you know they kept cutting and passing and until finally uh, it was Mia Smith that had the had the game winning goal. She just all of a sudden, you know, a lane opened up for her because of all of the movement and the share. You know, the way they had shared the ball on that possession. So really, really, you know, I. I did get video of it. If you haven't seen it yet, I recommend, you know, either checking it out on the site or on the YouTube page. Um, but I, I thought just a really good piece of, of, um, you know, offense there, just passing the ball around and, and, and waiting till somebody came open. 
Well, and really good coaching too, and good discipline to be able to to be able to do that and execute it. I mean, it's one thing to to have to try and do that, to be, but to be able to pull it off and have the discipline to to wait and and set things up like that, um, you know, speaks volumes about the coaching that went into it. Um, you know, one other game I want to talk about too um, is uh, you know we we only we talked about uh, BG Pinkerton playing on the boys' side uh, last week. Uh, the girls played one game last week. The other one ended up getting postponed. Uh, I believe it's actually a week from from Wednesday, so maybe so next week at this time. Um, you know, so they did play last Thursday, and it was a, uh, you know, the final score. It, it was a seventeen five win for Bishop Girton uh, over Pinkerton. Um, at the beginning of that game was, I, I mean, it, it felt like it was a little bit closer. I mean, Pinkerton got out to a big lead early, but it was. Or excuse me, BG got out to the big lead early, but Pinkerton was was right there for a stretch of it. They were just not scoring. Like it, you know, they were, um, you know, they were winning just as many draws. They were playing well um, offensively. They just couldn't score. So I, I'm interested to see how that second game turns out. Of course, you know, they'll have had two weeks to prepare for it, or or kind of you know maybe make adjustments and and just have two weeks for their their defense to get a little bit more experience. Yeah, I mean, you know, looking at looking at both teams' rosters and the and the amount of talent on both teams and the girls that are going on to play in college, it, it doesn't surprise it doesn't surprise me that you know it, it, that score is deceiving. I mean, they they should be two teams that are that are fairly close to each other with, like I said, with the talent that they have. Um, you know, and, and if one team's a little bit off, if Pinkerton's not playing at their peak right now, then yeah, the score can be start to tip that way. So it it, it wouldn't surprise me to see a, a much closer game the second time they play around. Um. Yeah. Any uh, or well, uh, another another program that uh, you're you're familiar with is off to a pretty hot start too. The your uh, Dairyfield girls are, I believe, four and zero through the first couple of weeks as well, putting up what sounds like a lot of goals too. They are. They're playing. They're playing very well right now. Uh, Lucy Licata, Colgate Brown, uh, Bound Lucy Licata is playing playing really well right now, putting up big numbers. Um. You know they've. Uh, they, I, I. You know I'm impressed. They they got pushed a little bit against against Goffstown. Uh, Goffstown played them tough. You know they played a three goal game against them the first time, five goals the second time around. Um, we had uh, we had games with Oyster River canceled this week. We picked up uh, Conval, hoping to get in that second game with Conval on Friday if the if the weather cooperates there. And then I'm I'm looking forward to they've got a good test against Winnicunit on Saturday. Um, yeah. You know, we knew our girls were going to be pretty good this year, and um, you know, we kind of wanted, kind of wanted to see, like, you know, okay, how do we, how do we stack up? And no matter what, we learn something from that game, right? You, worst case scenario, let's say you do get blown out. Well, you learn what your weaknesses are there, and you can, you can start to get better. And it'll ramp them up. I mean, they play, they play a good Hanover team the following week. Hopkinton's in there. Hopkinton, the, the team they lost to uh, two years ago in the, in the championship. And then, the, and then they tune up for, uh, you know, arguably, probably their their top competitor this year in St. Thomas at the end of the season there. Yeah. So uh, it's a nice ramp up to the to the end of the season for them. But it, but a great start so far. Yeah, absolutely. Shauna's playing. Shauna Lemery's is playing well in net. Uh, Lauren McQueen on defense is playing really well. Um, and they're they're getting more and more girls to to step up. And uh, it's they've got some high end girls, but they've also got a lot of a lot of young girls playing for the first time too. Yeah, I've definitely I've got the uh, the the Winnicunit game there on Saturday on my calendar. Um, looking forward to coming out for that. Uh, and I'm you know I'm curious to see how that that goes too. I mean we we talked about Winnicunit being a team to watch in Division Two. Um, you know, and they they opened the year with a couple of big wins over Timberlane. Um, you know, and then they they lost um, at home to Wyndham following that, uh, which um, you know we expected Wyndham to be good too. Um, just maybe I mean it wasn't a you know it wasn't a, a big margin there 13 to 9 uh Wyndham one um you know but but still kind of uh I, I maybe a little eye-opening but then last Saturday they came out to bed when it kind of came out to Bedford and lost 16 to 2 um you know and usually they they've I know they've played Bedford in the past and those games have been really competitive um so I don't know if that speaks to maybe how good Bedford is uh maybe they're just you know that much better this year I'm not I'm not entirely sure so yeah I'm, I'm curious to see how that goes Saturday it, it will definitely it'll definitely be interesting to see how they to see how the two teams match up. I know Win, uh, Winnicott is traditionally very aggressive. 
Um, so I, I think I think it'll be a, a good opportunity to push our girls. But I, I do think it speaks to how good Bedford is. Um, you know, I, I, I think Bedford on the girls' side is is a is a team that um, you know should be right up there with with BG and Pinkerton in the end. And uh, and you guys, uh, your boys have a uh, another um, interesting kind of matchup on Friday as well, right? With uh, with Oyster River, played them. Yeah, played a Tuesday. played a really well coached Oyster River team the other day. Coach Coach Hale, uh, Coach Ruppiele is doing a doing a nice job out there with with those guys. Uh, really well disciplined. Uh, you know, very impressed with with the way they played played the other day, and so. We get a we get a rematch with them, and uh, definitely our guys are looking to improve on our, our effort from the other day. So excited to be able to get the, the back out on the field there, and then uh, then we welcome in the uh, the Tomahawks, the Merrimack Tomahawks, on, on Saturday evening there after after our girls play. So we get a four four o'clock girls game, and then we play at six afterwards. So it'll be a fun fun Saturday night. Yeah, and a, a quick turnaround there too, playing uh, playing Friday and then Saturday. Yep. So a little, little, da- little dangerous, but you know what? It's in a COVID year. You got to get the games in when you can. Any other, uh, any other final thoughts before we uh, wrap up for the week? No, I think it's just uh, it's it's been uh, it's been great to see so many games going on, and like you said, so you know, really competitive so far too. Um, so, you know, it's 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 um, I, I think it's been great to see a lot of local rivalries that are that are being renewed for the first time, and uh, you know. Um, what was it, you know, we, we had talked, uh, about, you know, sort of like why, why isn't Hanover and Lebanon, right? Like why, how is that taking so long right. for, for something like that to happen? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, looking, looking at some of these games and we, we talked, um, like you, you mentioned, you know, Hopkinton and Pembroke playing, you know, two teams that I think that they used to be in division three together, correct? Pembroke was down yep. in division three. Yeah. So teams that probably haven't played in a while, um, you know, just some matchups too, that are, are kind of. Like, hmm, I, you know, I've, I've, I've never seen that before. I, I'm curious as to how that would go. Um, I think, like, um, I, I one, one that kind of comes to mind, we talked about Winnicott there a little bit, but on the boys' side, I believe the boys play at Pinkerton later this year, which, um, I mean, I, I don't think that that's ever happened before, they, that they've ever played each other. So, yeah, I'm kind of I'm, I'm really curious to see, you know, a game like that, how that turns out. Um, and I, I'm, I'm – can't think of too many others off the top of my head right now but i know there's a bunch like that coming up um you know as we get further into may so yeah i mean it's uh another week another week in the books another week closer to june in the playoffs and uh you know like i said i'm just just thankful that we're here and uh get to talk lacrosse again for yeah, another week absolutely well he is uh dairy field ad and boys lacrosse coach chris hetler chris thanks again for joining me go every week love it We'll see you. We'll do it again next week. I am Joe Marcellina. Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.